Welcome to the Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello, welcome to Missoni and Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. We're here weekly to discuss the journey of food startups. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Massoni from the Food Innovation Center. She's back! Sarah was gone last week. We'll talk about where she was. Uh, I just want to remind people at the top of the hour that um, if you have any press releases to announce, you can submit those to us at startupradionetwork.com. We can help spread the word about any events, new products, awards you receive, anything like that. So if you haven't written a press release before, practice and send them to us and we'll yeah. talk about your news. Yeah, to talk up your biz. Yep. All right. Well, today we are joined in the studio by Valerie Roth. Welcome, Valerie. Hello. You are our second guest. I'm honored. Thank you. We're so excited to have you here today. She's outstanding. Thank you, guys. (laughs) So, Valerie, tell us your business name. Um, Our business name is Mind Your Mana, and our product line is Firebrew. We make holistic health tonics. So I have done a lot of events with you over the years, and I thought your business name was Firebrew until yesterday when I looked you up online. That's true. Um, We started with Mind Your Mono, which is the name of the business, and then when we created Firebrew, it was such a such a fiery name that people actually just really latched onto it. They clung to it. They just clung to it. So we just sort of ran with it. Cool. And um, our business name still is Mind Your Mana, and that that is the company that that produces the tonics. But Firebrew is the line. It's kind of nice because it leaves it open for you to maybe do other things if you want. For sure. Is that a plan? Yes, it is. Cool. Yes, it is. Do you want to tell us about any of those things or maybe later? Yeah, maybe a little bit later. Okay. Maybe a little cool. bit later. <laughs> well, you two were both just at the Fancy Food Show. That's right. Yep. So tell us about the Fancy Food Show for maybe listeners who don't know about it. So there's a group in New York City on Madison Avenue called the Specialty Foods Association, and every year they have two shows. Um, for us West Coast folks, it's in January, usually around the second week. Uh, down in San Francisco. And for the East Coast, it's in New York City in June. Cool. So you guys were just at the New York one. That's right. Uh, The Food Innovation Center sponsors a booth there. It's called Incubator Kitchen or something like that. Did I say it right? I always say it wrong. Incubator Incubator Alley is the area. Oh, it was Incubator. Oh, well, whatever it is, Incubator something. And we had eight (laughs) companies join us, and Valerie was one of them. Cool. That's exciting. How was it for you, Valerie? Amazing. Amazing. Um, I've done it before, and it's truly such a great experience as a young business to go to a food show and meet people and... Um, talk about your brand and get feedback, you know, from so many experts in the field and so many people working in it. Um, 
and just connecting, just connecting and talking about your business and getting your brand out and sampling it out and meeting other people in the space is it's it's truly a very empowering and a little bit frightening experience yeah. at the same time. What kind of people usually attend? Is it mostly buyers or are there? It is buyers. It's, yeah. <clears throat> they actually closed it to the public and it's mostly buyers and folks coming through that are very serious in the industry. So it's not a um, high traffic kind of thing, but the people that come to your booth are very high quality and they're the ones you want to connect with. Yeah. So you get new accounts and have things, because I'm thinking about if people are thinking about joining, what do they need to have ready? Like wholesale line sheets, oh, what kinds of things are asked Well, there's for? different stages of membership mm-hmm. and I think that it's super approachable. Uh, the person that you want to get in contact is actually Erica Sipos. Mm-hmm. And if anybody needs that information, we can pass it along. Maybe put it on our website or a link or something like that. I think it's really great that the Food Innovation Center does this kind of thing where you take people with you. Because if Valerie were to go on her own, it would probably be way more expensive, right? It is. um, It's much more approachable going as a group. But Mm -hmm. also, I would have to say of all the food shows that the Specialty Foods people are so caring and attentive to us. In fact, they had several handlers in the area that we were in all the time. Just That's right really there nice. to help and answer questions if we had any yeah. thing come up that we couldn't figure out. Were there any products that you guys found that you didn't know about before? Anything cool? Uh, well, actually, one of the products developed at the Food Innovation Center was the hit of the show. Whoa, tell us about it. It's called the Swiss Rosti, and it was developed uh, with our team and a gentleman named Stephen Caldwell and his wife, Lori. And it's basically a handheld kind of stuffed potato uh, thing. It's like an hors d'oeuvre. And from what I understand, there was a line down the aisle to get a sample of it. Wow. Is it, it, do they sell it frozen? Like, is it something you'd find in the frozen food section? It's sold frozen, and you throw it in your oven for 20 minutes from frozen, and it comes out crispy and delicious. Very cool. Yeah. So there hasn't been a lot of innovation in the potato industry. Like you can get your regular old hash browns and Mm -hmm. your french fries and things like that. So this is really new for the freezer case. That's cool. Did you have any highlights, Valerie, from the Fancy Food Show? Um, There were a lot of different things that were super interesting. What I've noticed is that uh, everything can be turned into a chip now. Oh, yeah. Um, from, I saw artichoke <laughs> chips. Yeah, from watermelons to mushrooms. Everybody to wants a healthy snack. Everybody mm-hmm. wants a healthy snack. And, you know, for me being in the health industry, it was really fascinating to see how um, how um, there's so many mashups now of vegetables and fruits and chips and everything that you would think would be just so separate Mm -hmm. has now kind of ice cream that's blended into a health healthy twist yeah people Um, are ready to get healthy yeah i like it yeah there were some really decadent gooey like compost cookies that i ate and i got to bring two home did you get some of those (laughs) i I think you did i did i got a bag full of those i only got two i was like dang i should have asked for more of those those are really good really good like sweet potato vegan cookies they were awesome Cool. Really, really mm-hmm. good. Chocolate one. Oh. Mm-hmm. Really good. Did you guys get to go around New York City while you were there? Any cool food adventures? Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. Yes. Tell us about them. Mine started off on Saturday, actually. I went over to Williamsburg in Brooklyn, and I uh, reviewed a menu at a new restaurant there called Seven. And they had the most interesting things. One of my favorites was actually 
a, what I call a triple-decker sandwich. It had rye bread with Swiss cheese and no meat. It actually had these delicious collard greens and then a layer of slaw. And so you were getting the experience of, like, a pork belly sandwich, but it was all vegetarian. I really enjoyed it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. Did you do anything? Yeah. So, well, my sister was there with me, and oh, so we're cool. we're New Yorkers originally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had to have every type of food within the first fifteen minutes that we've missed <laughs> from being on the West Coast for so long. What, so, what can you get in New York that you can't get here? Um, the best pizza on mm-hmm. earth. I yeah. agree. Um, <laughs> the best bagel and locks mm-hmm. on earth. Mm-hmm. I went to Zaybars. Yeah. Have you ever been to Zaybars? Oh, many times. Yeah. Many that times. was my first time. People were like, you've never been to Zaybars? I was like, oh, it's floor to ceiling deliciousness. I was I surprised you had never been there. <laughs> I wanted I to just live that. there. I was like, people yeah. are like, are you kidding me? I haven't been yeah. there. I was like, I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing that I do whenever I go to New York is get pizza. Because even yeah. though we do have wonderful pizza here and, and you know, Portland is getting to be known for pizza, but it's just different. It's different than New York pizza. And it's, it's different than having it in New York. Yeah, I really think it is the water yeah. because the dough is different. You can't make it the same here. Yeah, and yeah. you can get a slice of cheese pizza for a dollar. I know. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really good pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's always my first stop. I um, the last well, I just went a few months ago to New York and my brother and I, I think, went to six different pizza places. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's I cool. was there for two days. <laughs> Six places. That's awesome. Actually, there was, was a fellow happy. in the incubator area that was going around to major cities and collecting data on the mineral content in the water. Oh, yeah. And so he re, um, recreated those minerals and put them in small little dropper bottles. So you can buy a bottle of minerals for New York City and put it into deionized water. And suddenly you have New York, New York water in Portland, Oregon. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So maybe we will be able to get that specific New York pizza I here soon. So. <laughs> Make it happen, Sarah. Somebody crack the code. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about Firebrew, shall we? Yeah, awesome. So you brought us some samples to try, which mm. is great. You're our first guest to bring us something to try. <laughs> I've had your stuff before. We do a lot of events together, which is awesome. So I get to see Valerie and her Firebrew a lot. Uh, so this one is actually my favorite. So the one thing that I like about your products is that um, you use all these great, wonderful vegetables, but then you tell us why it's good for us or mm-hmm. what it does. So tell me about this one I'm about to try. That one is um, our unsweetened, honey-free, vegan um, product. So we have a line of health tonics, and we have uh, seven different blends. And they all have different fruits, vegetables, herbs, and spices packed in them. But that one in particular is our vegan. Um, this our one's vegan. my favorite one. Yep. So it's so just the straight it. up, you know, hardcore, mm-hmm. unvarnished, no apologies. Yeah. So shot. Va- Valerie's tonics come in these little two-ounce bottles, and, and you do a shot of them. And they're not shrubs. They're not shrubs. That's the first thing I say to yeah. people when they come up. They're not shrubs. They're not drinking vinegars. They are power shots. They're yeah. health plant-based power shots. And so what you do is you just take a drink. You don't drink the whole thing necessarily. No, there's like four shots quarter. in that two-ounce yeah. bottle. So just mm-hmm. take a little glug yep. and Go. then talk about your experience, Sarah. Let's see what okay, you have to say. Okay, it's going to burn going down. Know, right? Burn, I'm excited. Got to burn. <laughs> you can hear the, hear the chug. Mm. Ooh, that was I love good. It. That is really good. <laughs> Ooh. So, Sarah, what's yours? What flavor is yours? 
Citrus immune. Ooh. I feel healthy now. <laughs> it's a good way to wake up in the morning. It is a good way to wake up. And when you mix it in, you know, whether it's sparkling water, any kind of beverage, it's a great way to wind down as well. Mm, it's a great way to hydrate. Good. It's a great way to um, add function to your salads and to your foods. Um, we're all about just adding function mm -hmm. to whatever it is that we're doing. So whether you take it in a shot or you decide later on to put it in your water bottle before you work out, the idea is to just add a shot, a, a shot of some function and nourishment to whatever it is that you're eating or drinking throughout the day. I like the idea of incorporating it into your food, too. So, I, I, you know, when I taste this one, and there's no surprise that it's my favorite, it has horseradish and habaneros in it. Oh. So that's why I love makes this sense one. for spicy uh, But, yeah, you can put it into salad dressing and things like that mm. and just, like, give a little health and flavor to your food. Valerie, mm. can you tell us a little bit about how you learned all about all these special foods and how you should put them together? Yes, I can. Um, so... About five years ago, I decided to go back to school. I really thought about what is my passion and what is it that I want for the next chapter of my life. And really, food has just been a thread throughout my life and a love. And, um, you know, I'd be the one showing up at Christmas with the handmade food gifts for people to buy or give out as mm -hmm. gifts. And so I went back to school to become a nutritionist, mm -hmm. a holistic nutritionist. Um, and... One of the things that we really learned, of course, being in the Pacific Northwest is just all about the healing aspects of the food we eat and how it can make us feel good. Um, it can really nourish us. And I also learned a lot about Eastern energetics around food, um, warming foods, cold foods, foods that are good for your yin and foods that calm you and, and bring you down to more of a grounded place. And really, as I was learning all about these foods and herbs, um, I learned of a health tonic that a woman named Rosemary Gladstar developed, and she is the godmother of herbalism. Mm. And it was a hot, fiery, spicy, home-brewed, whole foods-based tonic mm -hmm. um, that people were using to support their immune system and their digestive tract. Um, and a friend of mine in my class introduced me to it. She came out with a big gallon of it from her kitchen. And we sat down and she said, you've got to try this. This is the most healing thing you've really ever, ever tasted. Wow. And so I did. And it was really uh, a bit alarming at first. It was, you know, not what I expected. It was not gentle. It was pretty intense and, and you know, kind of jarring. And I said, oh, that's really strong stuff. And she said, it's amazing for you. And then the more that I just thought about it and um, I was just remembering it and thinking about it, mm. you know, as I kind of went. calling you. It was really just something that kept coming back at me. And I said, well, where can I get this stuff? I want it if it's so good for me. She said, you can't really buy it. It's just something that people are making at home and it's mm -hmm. been around for a long time. And that was really where I was like, wow, this, like, if I am so attracted to this idea of putting whole foods in a concentrated way into my diet um, to make me just feel really powerful and um, strengthened, um, I would imagine other people would, would respond that way too. And it's nice that you bring it to other people because I think that's the thing, um, you know, when we start to see people that want to add these healthy fermented foods into their diet, but they either don't want to take the time to let it ferment because you let your product fer ferment, correct? Yes, we do. Cool. We do for weeks. Yeah. And so sometimes people either 
don't want to take the time to do that or they don't know how to do it. So they're a little nervous to do it. So it's nice that we can put it in Valerie's hands. She is now this fermenting expert. Mm-hmm. And so she can do it for us and we can just grab it and go. You don't have to take the time to let do you, it. Valerie, do you have like any recommendations for people who are like trying to change their lifestyle and they're like thinking, oh, maybe I want to try this, but I'm a little afraid. I don't think I like vinegar. What should I, how, right. how could they start doing this every day? Yes. And I can, we, we get that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, oh, I don't know about vinegar. and Oh, it's too strong. And, you know, we always say just, just look at it as something that you add to a beverage. We do we do recommend that people start that way. I mean, the, the tonics are very concentrated, so you really don't need to drink a lot of it. And I think people feel a little overwhelmed that they're going to just have to glug down a bunch for them to feel better. And we say, no, you know, there's four shots in a two-ounce bottle. There's 30 shots in, a, in our 12-ounce bottles. That they You don't, a little will go a long way. So take a little bit, put it in a glass of water, dilute it, and just you know, make it a bit of a routine. Um, maybe start every other day and see how you feel. And, you know, just just take it in small bits and go slow mm. rather than feeling like you need to, to really just jump in with both feet and, you know, love this. It's it's an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's how most people do it? They, they do it slowly? No, I think yeah. some people really jump in and, and they love doing that. And, yeah. you know, I, I love to jump into things, too. I but was going to say that's my favorite part about it is because I don't like to waste any time. So I'm just like, <laughs> just OK, go for it. I can just do my little shot, feel better, better, feel good, move on, ready to go. I really like that you have the value pack with the different flavors in it so that you can sort of explore and try everything. And then you can actually purchase the larger bottle once you figure out which flavor you like. We find that that's very helpful for people because they do come and we have all these different blends and combinations and they all have different healing properties and they're really like, I, I don't know which one to get. Mm-hmm. So what what really seemed obvious to us was to put them together in a, in a what we call them a flight of five, um, which is a, a five pack of our signature blends into, a, into a, um, our two ounce bottles into a, a package. And, you know, that way they can take them, they can play with them, exp- you know, try them out in different ways during the week. And we generally do find that people do feel they do one one blend really does resonate with them. So after they experiment with them, they're like, you know what? I'm, I love that beat. That's my everyone has their blend. Yeah. What's um, your favorite one? You know, I really do rotate around them. I tend to go to different ones for different moods that I'm in since I know them so well. Mm-hmm. So if I'm feeling like I want just something kind of my go-to workhorse is is the citrus. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my sort of just everyday kind of go-to. But I do love the taste of the bee. It's super rich. It's got some cinnamon in there. It's got hawthorn berry. And it's, it's a very rich, velvety-tasting um, tonic. I love the detox. It's got a little hint of mint at the end. So it really depends on... On what mood I'm in. What you're, in, what you're yeah. feeling. What's hawthornberry you mentioned? Hawthornberry is an herb, and it's really good for your heart. Um, it's really good for your blood. Um, it's just a really sort of blood blood strengthening herb. Cool. Mm-hmm. I haven't really heard of it being used. I have another much. client that has it in their beverage as well. It's also acidic, so it drops a pH. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's got an interesting lots little of benefits. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your journey. So you started your company in a kitchen somewhere? My kitchen. Your home kitchen? (laughs) Yes. Oh, how Uh, fast did you outgrow your home kitchen? um, Pretty quickly. That's what usually happens. Pretty quickly. (laughs) Um, You know, at first it was just more me doing it on my own at night in my kitchen 
and much to my kids' chagrin because it's not like making, you know, brownies or something in your kitchen. So, um, you know, they were like, Mom, um, what are you <laughs> does doing? Does it have aroma or... Yes, it does. It's garlic and it's ginger and it's horseradish and it's everything that, you know, a kid definitely does not want. Um, But then we moved into a commissary kitchen very quickly. Mm. And that was just an amazing way to just feel like you I wasn't biting off more than I could chew on. You know, I could really just go into the kitchen for an hour or two, um, get my get my products together for farmers markets that I was doing, which is how I started. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just felt very local. It felt like really like well, kind of just this passion and this journey that was just slowly unfolding. And it didn't feel like it was happening in a very overwhelming way. So it was organic. It was really mm-hmm. organic and it was really, um, really honestly steeped in passion mm. um, and didn't feel pressured um, to be anywhere or to go anywhere or to get anywhere. Um, and it was truly, um, I felt like I was just tapping into something inside of myself that felt very true and very authentic and very exciting. And now a word from our sponsor. Committed to serving Oregonians with the mission of advancing science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are inspired by the creativity of new food development. We strive to find new flavors, new economic opportunities, new experiences, and honor diversity. We are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace because good food brings people together. That's cool. Yeah. I really like, two commissary kitchens. I, I recommend that people do them a lot because sometimes when you're very first starting your business and you're going from being at home and then you're by yourself. And so you don't really have a lot of people to talk to. So it's kind of nice to join that force, even though you're not really working with people. But there's other people there that are doing different things. And you can talk to them about maybe a store account or like make connections or ask them. Yeah. Just like you have more of a team before you actually have a team. That's hundred percent. Yeah. I thought it was really nice to move into that kind of space. Sarah Marshall, since you brought up shared use kitchens. Yeah. I forgot to ask you the other day about the night kitchen. Oh, when we did night kitchen. Yeah. What? So when I was that, I was always like, I want to be at the night kitchen. Well, I mean, that was just that that was really just the only time that we could use the commercial space. So we tried to make it fun. So that was when when we joined Neha's kitchen. So she had masala pop. So she was there during the day. So the only time that was available was nighttime. So we just made it like, you know, fun kitchen. So, Mm. you know, we would post about night things that were happening. We would have fun snacks. We would try to make things fun. Dirk at that time worked his job during the day. Oh, man. So then he would come work all day, go home and take a nap. We would eat dinner at the kitchen and then do our production and have other, at that time, buddies come, too. Because I think there should be a place called Night Kitchen. Yeah. It's great. It's kind of fun. And then, like, you know, now there's a building in front of our old building, but we we used to have this beautiful view of the city. So it was like, you know, you see, it's like really feels like a nighttime party. You know, you have, like, the city lights. You have, we play fun music, you know, do all these things. But then then they built a big building in front of it, and we couldn't see the city anymore. Shoot. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's funny. But then we moved into the daytime kitchen around that time anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so you moved out of your first commissary, and then you moved in. You've moved a few times. Oh, yeah, we have. Can you we tell have. us a little bit about the stress of moving your business, and, like, how do you plan that out? Like, how do you keep your orders going and everything? That sounds complicated. Yeah, it is. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The first time we did it out of the commissary, um, you know, we just called our friends and said, bring a truck and let's let's do this. And so we got it done really f- quickly. We just, we had probably about 50 barrels, though, yeah, of these barrels. vinegar that we had to move that were, at the time, not completely secured. So we were securing them with, you know, masking tape and <laughs> putting, you know, what they were with magic marker. And <laughs> it, it felt like a high school project, sort of. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, we just got a U-Haul and moved everything over and and kind of jumped in and started to just set up our next kitchen. Um, we just moved again, and that, luckily, we moved into a more established space. We're part of an established space. That's good. And so we were able to um, really plan for it weeks. In, it took a lot of planning. So mm. we did start planning a couple months in advance, really built up a lot of inventory so that we would able be able to service our clients um, and not have a gap in service and fulfillment. That's important. Yeah, and then we um, were able to go into a space that had the pallets set up and had the shelving set up and had a kitchen set up. So they were very gracious and generous and welcoming to us to be part of their community and part of their infrastructure. That's cool. So how are you handling distribution anyway? Are you doing direct shipping or do do you have distributors or brokers or... Right. What do you do? Well, we do mostly direct shipping of our of our um, products. We have a fulfillment team, and um, we just send. It's become a real part of our business, a fairly big part of our business. Going direct, we do have um, smaller some small um, some accounts where we do some distribution, but we're not heavily into working with distributors. Okay. Um, so you're wrapping those glass bottles up and you figured out how to get them from A to B without them breaking? Well, that took a while. <laughs> there was a lot <laughs> Tell of breakage. Us about that because that's a big and deal. And a lot of return packages and a lot that would be of smelly. It's it was very stressful. When you ship glass, because yeah. one, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. So people, your shipping costs are high to ship mm-hmm. anywhere, to ship direct to customer, to ship to stores. And people don't always understand that. But mm-hmm. then also you have to deal with broken glass. I mean, we have the same thing. So in the beginning, there's a lot of trial and error to get it figured out. Do you just wrap every bottle in bubble wrap? or? Um, well, now we have a box that we made, a custom box. Uh-huh. That's what we did, too. So it you took us, custom. you know, a lot of broken bottles and a lot of bubble wrap. To finally say, hey, maybe there's a better way and a better box Mm -hmm. we can build. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, for anybody out there that's having these same problems, we built like a double wall shipping container um, that we could ship products to stores directly. And so we wouldn't have to deal there. Each bottle is separated. So you have less packaging and then it's all recycled. You know, I mean, you can recycle all of it because it's cardboard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's Um, cool. You know, we had to put special corners in. So that they, you know, reinforce them so that they wouldn't cave in when they were thrown, when the boxes were put on the trucks or sent in the mail. Um, So it really took us um, a lot of 
trial and error to get to a place where, you know, our breakage is, is minimal. So so you're suddenly having to buy cardboard boxes? That's kind of crazy. How did you design them, and how did you know who to contact? How did you actually figure that whole cardboard box thing out? That's it took us a while, to be honest with you. It was not, it was one of those, like, we need to get to this, but we had so many other things we were doing, like making the product. Um, and it was weird in a weird way. Shipping and fulfillment felt like it would fix itself initially, mm. where we just would pray, you know, our fingers would be crossed every time we sent a box out. Um, but then we really realized, no, we have to pay attention to this and quickly. And so we just, you know, there's wonderful con- um, CPG, um, you know, boards like chat rooms and threads that you can talk to other people. Um, mm. You can talk to people again at trade shows and at shows that you're at. Um, you know, what do you guys do? Sim- similar to just Sarah saying, hey, yeah. I have a box and here's my person that I go to. So it's a lot yeah, of referrals. We get questions about that a lot. And we, so we designed our box because we had to, because one of the stores that we got into required it. So Williams-Sonoma has a lot of shipping requirements. And they actually do this box test that you mm. pay for. So you send this mm. company a box and they basically beat it up and throw it around. And then they tell you if your product breaks or not. So we had to have the box designed the first box that we had designed and we sent it to this company to test it and they were like no this box is not going to work for you which is good to know and so then you we tried a second box and then we did that we sent it to them you know they they do all these like weight tests toss tests all these different things and then they say yep this box is going to have you result in zero broken bottles and since we did that that is the way that it has worked that's so, how it resolved yeah it. and it's then a you huge have relief. To, yeah it really is because now you can you don't have to be like i'm gonna send this out please make it to <laughs> okay, new york city it so just works there are tricks like if you can't get to that space right away you can package your product up send it to someone across the country that you know and then have them send it back to you and then sort of take a look at it and see what happened yeah mm-hmm. for sure yeah that's Definitely. a good one yeah hmm so, should we talk about distribution a little bit? Because you mentioned Yeah, it. I think distribution is a really important thing. So, we, I get these questions a lot from people that are starting because they, when you kind of first start a business and you try to get into stores, some of the bigger stores say that you won't be able to get into stores unless you have a distributor, which I always tell people is not true. Mm-hmm. So, you're a perfect example we don't really have a distributor either. But what I did notice is that sometimes there are um, different sites that you can use to still connect with wholesale mm-hmm. buyers. So you're part of one of them, right? And yep. what's that one? Ours is FAIR, F-A-I-R-E, mm-hmm. um, FAIR.com. And so basically um, our website, if a wholesaler wants to get on or a buyer wants to get on and they want to order from us, um, they click the wholesale link on our site, and they'll take us right to FAIR. Yeah, um, I, that's how I noticed that, that you use them, because I went to your website. <laughs> Valerie has a wholesale page. You can just click on it, and then you can just place an order through FAIR right away. And there are other companies like that. I know that um, Range Me is one. There's Hubba qu- is another yeah, one. There's quite a few. Uh, do you like working with FAIR? Um, yeah, it's been very – they've made it very user-friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're definitely motivated to – um, help buyers out and, um, you know, it really connects you directly with your buyers rather than going through a middle, um, you know, a middle sort of very big juggernaut um, to bring your product out to other stores. Um, they certainly have their place, but but this is a very um, more streamlined way to direct directly with your buyers 
um, and kind of just set up more of a, and they can go directly to your site. So you don't have to go through multiple channels to get to the source. They can, they, it really just is a direct connection. So I, yes, it's been great. I think that's a nice thing because also sometimes it, it gets rid of some of the challenges that come up when you do your own distribution, which is that the buyers change a lot. So, you know, one buyer will either move to a different store or move that's to right. a different company. And so then you lose them and then your orders stop and you kind of have to reestablish that again with the new buyer and you have to send them new samples. So that can be challenging. But I think if you're part of one of these sites, then that helps a little bit for you to stay connected because it doesn't really matter who the buyer is. They just know to come right in and, and reorder those products. Yes, but in terms of new accounts, it's really, you know, the challenge is how do you reach those buyers? Yeah. And, you know, that's really what a classic distributor helps you with. Yeah. So it's really that, you know, in a way, I, I think those two types of distributors are not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it's just another tool and another channel to go through in addition to classic distribution. Yeah. Um, and you have to find ways to reach the buyers that would want to buy on FAIR. So that requires some marketing and some sort of um, different way to develop a list um, to reach them effectively and efficiently. I noticed that you have a lot of unique distribution because you are not just in, you know, grocery stores. So um, what kinds of places are you in? Yeah, we do. Our product is very interesting because um, really one of our goals and one of my goals was definitely to make health more attractive and modern and, um, dare I say, a little sexy mm-hmm. um, because being healthy is is kind of sexy. Yeah, totally. So, um, you know, we definitely have a product that I think people look at and say, hey, is that, what is that? That's super interesting. It draws them in. It does. It does. So... We're able to be in um, more, a lot of the classic grocery stores and a lot of co-ops and a lot of vitamin shops, but also at the same time, more gift-oriented boutiques, lifestyle shops, um, you know, restaurants, um, you know, different kinds of, we can really swing from being more of a boutique lifestyle item to to a health product. And did you think that you would end up in those places? Like when you started the business, did you think you would end up in restaurants and um, cafes and things and, and some um, like f- fitness places too, right? Yes, in, yes. We're yeah. in some fitness and gyms. Did you think that that would happen? You know, I don't know really what I thought would yeah. happen. <laughs> I think that I was really just kind of going out there. Um, um, I did want it, the product to be out in the world and loved. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't really exactly sure what that meant, um, but it just meant that I wanted it everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I wanted everyone who was interested to be healthy and interested in putting natural products into their body to look at us as a, as a solution and as a healing, comforting product for them to use. And so what that actually translated to in terms of where the product would be, I really wasn't sure. And yeah. it's it's still evolving all the time. It's uh, still evolving all the time. I have a question about mm-hmm. some of the conversations you and I have had in the past. We talked a lot about local, sustainable, transparency. So those are like three huge buzzwords in the food industry right now. And can you just like give us a few thoughts on those three words? How do you think about those? What are your personal policies about local, sustainable, and transparency? 
Well, I think that really if you're going to be in a space such as health, you really need to take that very seriously. Yeah. And we definitely, definitely do. Um, You know, I think because our product really was built on the premise that it was just going to be something that was super healing to people and super nourishing, that it needed to align with those three tenets. Um, You know, we started very local. We have a very strong connection with our local consumers um, and customers at all the farmers markets around town. Um, You know, that's something that just is there because we, we love being part of the community. Truly, it's one of our favorite things to do. Um, in terms of st- sustainability, we definitely wanted a product that, um, you know, didn't create a lot of waste. Um, so, you know, we are strictly in glass bottles, um, jars and whatnot. We want people to reuse. I mean, part of the bottle's beauty is that it can be reused and be a beautiful bottle for other food products or even flowers or something like that. Um, And then um, the last one that you said was transparency. And for us, it's really just sourcing the best quality ingredients that we can find. Our product sometimes can be considered a bit premium, but it's only because we want the product, you know, the efficacy of the product to be genuine. And we want it to be truly something that, um, again, people can turn to and use and feel like they're truly putting something in their body that they feel um, is going to be authentically healing for them. So those are just, you know, those are just a baseline of, of beliefs that we have as a company and Mm -hmm. only more and more of, you know, as we develop, you get challenged a lot on those things because it's much easier to water down a lot of the beliefs that you have, you know, that you initially rested your philosophies on. Um, and it's something you kind of, in a way, have to really fight for. Um, Has it been hard for you to source anything specific as you grow? Is there something that you have a hard time getting? Oh, God. Um, I want to ask you about waste also. Right. Um, yeah, it's been hard. Um, we've definitely had to certain ingredients and um, our bottles and our labels and yeah. um Probably almost everything. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's challenging. Yeah, it's, it's easy when you are, you know, you know, when you start in your home kitchen. Sometimes you're just bottling like under twenty bottles in a exactly. night or something. So you're ordering a case of bottles. It's very easy. And then as you grow, it's hard to then even know where to put those things or where to get those things. And so it's all kind of things I like to talk about with people to see what their challenges are because it's um, we all have the same problem. It's just different yeah. ingredients and different things. And- and, you know, even our distribution, we, you know, locally, we are part of Beeline, which is a great, um, which is a great company that delivers all of our products on trikes around yeah. town um, so that we can have a footprint that's a little bit lighter. Um, it's so great to see our product and know that that's how we're servicing and reaching our customers. So. Yeah, so Beeline will deliver to all the local stores for small companies like ours. So they'll take it on trikes to new seasons, to market of choice, mm-hmm. to places like that. So it can get to the customer and then it's it's green, which is yep. wonderful. Yep. Yeah. So I was wondering on, so we look at your label and it has all these whole foods in it, mm-hmm. but we're drinking something that's a liquid and there isn't anything chunky in there. 
where does all the chunky stuff go? Like, what do you do with it? And if you don't know what to do with it, or as you expand, you're going to have more and more of it, maybe I can help you figure something out. I was thinking of like crackers or I'm definitely, something. Definitely. Um, right now we compost a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but yes, that's definitely something that, you know, we're paying more and more attention to because we have pounds and pounds and pounds of it yeah that um, was on my list of questions too because yeah. it's like my thing is to find find something for people to use like with something yeah. that they would normally compost so you're like the perfect person <laughs> yeah i, I yeah, yeah definitely good. um well what we'll we help you we yeah. i would love it we strain it all we press it all we use all the fresh pulp peels pits um and then um we strain and and press it all down and so you um, have a press we do have a press yep. oh, mm-hmm. when you cool. originally started were you just pressing it like by hand yes i was in a cheesecloth or something in a cheesecloth <laughs> i would just be squeezing yeah. it and squeezing it and i actually um to you burn yourself yes i sometimes tend to bite my cuticles oh it was a little little or if little you um i know you use um fresh turmeric in your products so probably there's a couple Red times hands, where you end up with yeah, orange hands yeah, <laughs> yeah burning hands all of it that's cool all of it so one of the things i've noticed about you val is that you show up like you're there you're out there everywhere you get invited much like sarah she does that too and i think those are one of the most important things about a food entrepreneur is like, are you willing to show up? And like, how do you juggle all of your opportunities? Because I could be somewhere every night and I, I can't do that. So I was wondering, are you somewhere every night or what do you do? How do you manage that? Um, it's hard, um, to be honest with you. It's really, you want to show up, you want to be part of things, you want to um, connect with people. I mean, every conversation you walk away so much richer and so, with so much more knowledge than when you had before and so that's part of that's part of the enjoyment and that's the connections are part of the part of the fun um so you know it definitely requires being um very intentional about time and very um mindful of where you know where you think your time is going to be spent best you can't go everywhere all the time 24 you know from morning to night or else you wouldn't get any work done. Mm. Um, I am very lucky that I have a, a very passionate staff. Um, and so um, I, I've been able to rely on them um, for those times where I can't be somewhere, um, you know, and, and know that they're going to represent the brand and our philosophies really, really appropriately and respectfully. And, um, uh, you know, I feel really very, very lucky and proud to, to have a staff like that but you just you just have to show up and you have to you have to just get connect with everyone that you can so I try to go as many places as I can within reason so I noticed I actually was looking over your shoulder at the show I noticed that you were showing some design work on something is it too soon to announce it slightly <laughs> um, we want to make tonics for everyone so um, we are definitely um, moving into different kinds of blends that are outside of the fire. Nice. Um, and really, again, you know, as we sort of think about where we want to go as a company in terms of being um, a home, you know, a, a remedy, a natural remedy for the family, um, you know, we feel like we look around and say, well, who can we support? 
and what kinds of things can we make to support all kinds of people with all sorts of issues and all sorts of age brackets, That's um, really, including pets. <laughs> That's really interesting because when I was getting my questions ready for you today, I was talking to my daughter and I said, what do you think I should ask her? And she was like, can kids have it? Like that was her really important question. That's that a good question. is an awesome question. And you can tell her yes. I great <laughs> i did she tell her yes. spicy stuff she does she well does. right and maybe spicy not palette. even what we ha- right exactly she does like spicy things but i think because she's used to seeing like little tiny bottles like this sometimes at the farmer's market and i'm like oh that's not for kids because you know there's like alcohol vendors and stuff but n- she knows now that she can come to your booth so watch out she'll be oh, there i can't wait i can't wait we love when we love when kids actually come up to the booth because sometimes we'll say it's really spicy and they're like it's okay they look at it as a dare Mm -hmm. and so you know they'll do a shop back and sometimes you see they want to kind of cry um but sometimes um you know it's really amazing to me their palates are just right there and they're just like yeah i want can i have another shot it's exciting i also love when people have like spicy or strong flavored things and then they do like a little dance like a little hot sauce shuffle (laughs) kids especially and then sometimes like if a parent and a child come together they have the same little spicy dance that they do it's really cute it is cute (laughs) val tell us about your fridge at home what do you have in there um, I have a lot of local products okay. Um, because I love, um, you know, when I'm at the shows or when I'm shopping and I see um, a lot of brands that um, I love and, um, excuse me. That's okay. <laughs> Valerie's having headset um, issues. <laughs> okay. Um, I love, I love, uh, so it's a lot of local products. It's a lot of, um, a lot of the the people I know are... Are you a vegetarian? Um, I am not. Oh. Nope, I am not. So um, it is more of a plant-based fridge, okay. definitely. Um, it is definitely more of a whole foods-based fridge. Do you eat out? Um, I do. I do. What's um, your favorite spot in Portland? God. Uh, well, um, I go... I, I Every I time. Yeah, I'm What's blanking. your go-to? Uh, what part of town? Southeast. I'm in Southeast. Okay. And so, um, of course, I can't think of the sushi restaurant that I go to probably three nights a week. Oh, but it's, sushi. It's on, Yeah, it's sushi. Um, it's What's on, your favorite role? I love um, the... Uh, Tuna? I love the scallop. Oh, man. I yeah. recently fell in love with scallops and sushi. It's so good. I love scallop sushi. The fresh one? I'm, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. really into pokey. Mm, that's um, good, too. Yeah. So it's that. And I have my favorite Thai restaurants that I go to. Okay. Um, and, God, tacos. And I mean, this town is, like, just, just an endless, endless cavalcade of amazing places to go to we're so lucky really it's just we're we're spoiled so if there was one thing you wanted to just sort of finish up our conversation here with what would it be a piece of advice or just some sort of a thought what what could it be you know I, i do tell people that are looking to make a career shift um because it took me a lot of a lot of time and a lot of soul searching and a lot of angst is you know you're not going to be struck by lightning um you know, you may have an idea, but just it does it. It comes in whispers, and you just have to kind of catch those whispers. And then at some point, um, you just have to decide. I'm um, I'm jumping off that cliff, and if I fail, well, then I'll have my answer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've tried, um, but y- y- the first step is is the hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, but just you gotta you gotta force yourself out of your comfort zone and take it. 
and just look for signposts along the way. Again, there's not lightning bolts. There's just little whispers and signposts that you need to mm-hmm. listen pretty carefully to inform you of how to keep going and, and to keep going. So you would follow your gut and your heart, right? Yes. After you drank your fire brew. And before. <laughs> and before. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's your your passion is part of your business. I mean, you care about health and wellness, and so that's your product. And I think that's something that I love to see in makers. And it's very apparent with mm-hmm. you and your business. Like, yep. you care about making people feel better. And I think when I see you at your booth and you're talking to people and you're telling them that they're li- they can feel better, you just see that passion. And it's so yeah. nice to see. It's lovely it's to wonderful. be. wonderful. Yeah, in in a space next to you and hear you helping people. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, totally. So we always like to tell people where they can buy directly from the makers. So where can people buy from you? Yep, you can go to www.drinkfirebrew.com. Cool. Yes. And any events that you have or where people can find you at? specific markets Uh markets. so we recently launched locally in whole foods so everyone go to whole foods please and buy your fire brew buy five yeah buy five (laughs) by ten um ask for it at the stores when you walk in um and then of course we are you know always at the farmers markets around town and um certainly in the fall we'll be at we're i am going to denver july 18th for the slow food symposium um, which should be Very a cool. really awesome event. So yeah. um, if anyone's in Denver, look look me up. Come cool. to the table. Yep. That's cool. So you Very travel. Cool. That's yep. good. And any um, Instagram handles you want to mention? Yeah, I would Anything? love that. Social so media? I would love it. Um, we would love people to join our community. We're at fire.brew um, on Instagram. And we you know, would love anyone that wants to be an ambassador or... Um, talk about health or any any way that they love to take the brew. We love recipes and how you use it. Send it along. Um, you know, again, the more the merrier that can jump on the health bandwagon with us. We're, we love it. Very cool. Well, thanks, Very Valerie, nice. for thanks, joining Valerie. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. It was great to talk to you. So we record Masonian Marshall inside of Ned Space. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alan. Thanks, Al. Yeah. And our production assistant, Chelsea. If you would like to be a guest or submit a press release, go to startupradionetwork.com and just send us a message through the comment section. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace. Committed to serving all Oregonians with the mission to advance the science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation, new economic opportunities, and new experiences. Because food brings people together. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.